The Wrestling Brain podcast is recorded in front of a live audience at twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. You can be a part of the show, have your voice heard, hang out in the chat, or call in and talk to us immediately following AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, and AEW Pay-Per-Views. Check us out live immediately following all of those shows on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. And while you're here on the podcast, do us a favor, rate us five stars or subscribe or follow or whatever your favorite podcast provider does do that for us and you could be one of the many people who are saying wrestling brain a special weekend edition of the AEW Dudes Wrestling Brain coming to you on a Sunday, a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, depending on where you're. It is exciting. Uh, Josh is fired <laughs> up. He goes out. Not out. Yeah, you're out. You're out of your house. You're next door. That's out of your house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was out technically. Getting fired up watching some New York. We're going to talk Royal Rumble today. Um, we're going to talk mailbag. This is supposed to be just a mailbag episode, but... Um, Ended up being pretty fired up, having a lot to say about the Royal Rumble. So we're going to talk about the Rumble. We're going to get to your mailbag questions. Uh, I enjoy this a lot. I know that we have a lot of fun reviewing Dynamite every single week. But um, sometimes we want to get a little off topic, get a little abstract. And we sort of have to always keep in the back of our minds the review show that we are doing. Uh, And today we get to go fully off the rails, as it were, dig into some of the deeper stuff, some of the uh, hypotheticals, some some ifs, some buts, some maybes. Uh, But first... We are going to talk about last night's New York Spectacular, the Royal Rumble. I am your boy, the Zoobs. I am thrilled to be here live, twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain on a Sunday afternoon here in Chile, Kitchener, Waterloo. And on the West Coast, my tag team partner, my better half, Mr. 50K, the brain genius himself, the man behind the wrestling brain. It's Josh Custodio in Vancouver. How are you, my friend? Well, Zoobs, I'm so glad you framed today's show as you did. And you said it as only the Zoobs can, which was you, you got across the whole point. In a small way. So let me say the same thing, but longer. Uh, Zoops, I love doing our Wednesday show. And like you mentioned, we get to get a little all over the place more things. It's great to do. However, the timing is perfect. Because yeah. I could not do our Wednesday show right now. I'm not in good enough shape. <laughs> I couldn't take two hours of notes. I couldn't come with, I couldn't write, block out, keep it, or kick it. But can I take on the mailbag questions? Can I do, frankly, one of my favorite hobbies at this point? Take a fat shit all over New York. <laughs> I'm here for you. I'm here for the brainiacs. Hungover is all hell, but on two legs and ready to talk about the business. Of course, if you're here for the first time, we'd love a follow. We'd love a subscribe. But this isn't really that kind of stream. This is a bit more of a, a chiller laid back. You're, you're a real head if you're, if you're kicking it right now. So thank you all so much for joining us. And if you feel like telling anybody, I mean, we got some amazing questions, Zoops. I, I really had to ponder over uh, some of these as I briefly looked over them 20 minutes before we started. and. Uh, let me tell you some winners in here. Yeah, absolutely. A, a creative audience, which is always we've always said is uh, one of the strengths and hallmarks of this channel and did not disappoint as always. Hopefully not. Hopefully uh, this is the beginning of, of these being monthly. We did. We did one around when they were preempting dynamite, but we uh, made the we made the solemn right. pledge that we would do one a month. And here we are the last weekend of January coming through on that pledge. But first, Josh, uh, last night you mentioned it. Um, it was all over the timeline. It was a refreshing, um, sort of almost for me to see 
was these people that I follow that talk about wrestling, everyone talking about New York basically all weekend, um, having some fun. I got to do a video uh, giving rumble picks. And we, we, I we, love that. Yeah, and, and you and I and, and our friend Blake, uh, stupidly, like, absolutely stupid, terrible picks, like, <laughs> other than, other than... I cashed a few of them. Yeah, uh, but I mean, like, the, the long shot ones, the, like, EO Shirai, oh, but most of my picks didn't even enter the the match. I Like, I felt so, so stupid. Well, no NXT presence in the Rumbles. That, that's, the Just... whole, that's the whole thing about uh, them being long shots, of course. Yeah, I, I cashed, uh, I cashed Brock to win. Uh, I had I, you have those. I like I did those like long shots. I was like, all the right, almost yeah. eliminations to make the... sure I don't get zero here. I'm gonna make some ridic- some some honest ones. But um, <laughs> we're talking nice about New York, which which felt fresh. Um, something that hasn't happened in quite some time, and uh, especially not in sort of sort of our circle, as we are people who review Dynamite uh, and has said many times only so much room for me for wrestling, but would love both of these companies to be good. But we'd love to have reasons to be tuning into the premium live events if you were the the, the majors always fun to, to watch the rumble i think was sort of a, was was the sort of sentiment throughout the week was that like yeah no matter what you felt uh the rumble is the show that you could tune into and and when you were a hardcore new york fan that's the one that you would show people and sort of be like listen you don't really have to understand what's going on here um so going in with that i think the thought of it's always fun to watch the rumble challenged as strong as it could be challenged <laughs> this this year. It could actually not be fun at all to watch the Royal rumble. Like, <laughs> I really think that's the, that is the takeaway from this weekend that you ended with there is that I think it's almost trite to just say, Oh yeah, no matter how out on New York I get, I'll always be watching the rumble as wrestling fans. It's part of, I don't even do explain why we all love the rumble. We all have always yeah. loved the rumble. And no matter what on this channel is, yeah, we'll always tune in. I left last night being like, there's a very real chance I don't watch next year's Royal Rumble. I felt like I had wasted my fucking Saturday night. Now, granted, I was with friends, having fun, you know, the the nice way to spend it. And it's still, but we're, you know, diehard wrestling fans there. And it's like, they open the show with your, what? Not your two biggest stars, because you got Brock there. But Rollins and Reigns are two of your A-plus kayfabe tier guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. Open the show, hot match. Oh, DQ. Let, let's open the show with a DQ. How, let, before we talk about anything else, how do you, how are people looking up and down this show and not forget about the match, forget about the finish, anything besides, oh, maybe we shouldn't open our show with a DQ finish. Is that uh, so much to ask? It's funny because it's one of those things where if you were one of those people like who felt the need to ruthlessly defend it, and I think somebody did this in our mentions, it was like, this is actually the better it's the better long-term thing. It's like, you can do that if 95% of the time it's not a fuck finish. But if it's, if it's been, if it's every week, week in, week out, it's the only thing you ever expect. And then that's how it leads it off. Like, listen, midway through this match, I was like, they're hitting the small trappings that make this stuff fun and fun to follow. Seth doing the entrance, Seth doing the music, Seth doing the, uh, the attire. It was like, yes, this is what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be rewarded for paying attention. It's supposed to have history. It's supposed to build uh and it was like the crowd was pretty well filled in they were pretty yep. they were pretty ready for a good night of wrestling i was like hell let's let's do this like get me hyped basically like begging to be hyped for wrestlemania uh you get the you get the fucking finish and you're just like oh right this is this entire night is going to remind me why this is not for me anymore and it did, and it did. in that way yeah Dude, I'm going to jump into the chat here for a little bit. Good morning, everybody. Hello to the Brainiacs. Uh, should I ask for a score on the Rumble Zoobs? Yeah, why not? I mean, I, I'm interested to see. 
I'll I'll read some comments and then I will uh, jump into it. We got uh, Jay's Retro Throw Tanahashi in the chat. Matty Mack with a Matt Lee. Good morning, guys. Gumby does crimes. Did any of the guys that dude from two weeks ago predicted win? Uh, Zoobs, your guy, uh, Sakuraji. I think. <laughs> I don't think any of his. I don't think any of his. He was. I don't think any of the dark the uh, forbidden door that he thought was coming through. Yeah. Um, un- unfortunately for him, uh, Moxley was not in tonight's Rumble. Um, <laughs> or like Moose, he had the. Oh yeah, right. Sakuragi, pardon me. Theirs was like heavily like there was going to be a minor impact invasion. Was the pick there? Couldn't be further from what they're going to do. I can't believe they let the Bellas go over Liv. Yeah, and right after they had the Sarah Logan moment, like moments. Sarah Logan's back. Okay, well, Ruby Ruby uh, Soho's over at AEW. We got a little Riot Squad reunion. I thought Liv actually sold that moment really well of like seeing her old friend and like tearing up, and then just (laughs) eliminated by the Bellas. Yeah, yeah, that was that was bonkers. Uh, Ashley Kutcher saying, hey, guys, hated the Rumble. Yeah, you, you would be alone. <laughs> you would not be alone, rather. Uh, Stakabun saying, what's up? The Rumble sucked ass. Yeah, I'm with you, Stakabuns. Ryan K. Lamb saying, so this is a premium Sunday event here. Yes, he was, remember, not a pay-per-view last night, a premium live That's event. That's correct. That's um, what we're doing right here. So I saw something today was, I think, I think 13 of 20 Divas champions were, were in this Women's Royal Rumble. Which How is many? thirteen of twenty? 13, I hear that yeah, right? so it's like the basically they they had to bring back the divas division, which they were like made a point to have be like moving on from this is what is going to set us apart in the like that's what our mission statement. And now like basically that entire division was back. You had you had Melina Kelly Kelly uh, Michelle nice. McCool like it's Mickey Ivory, James <laughs> like yeah. Alicia Fox. It's incredible. It's incredible. I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost like Both if you Bellas, cut 50% yeah. of your roster, you need to go looking elsewhere for people, I suppose. Yeah. I good friend Jake saying, people who thought that any who thought that anyone that wasn't just Mickey James didn't get it, I'm sorry. The only reason they brought her in was because of how much they've destroyed the women's division. Yeah, I get, you know, I give some credit to New York. I thought it was interesting to have Mickey James on there with their TNA music and the TNA title, but like again, it's New York. There wasn't any like payoff for it. Like it was interesting for the sake of being interesting, and they did absolutely nothing to make it more interesting. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you, good friend Jake. There was no one else going to be coming over. I, I, I mean, I think we joked about it on Wednesday. People like thinking that there was a chance Cody was going to be in the right. Rumble. It's like, folks, let's let's stay on Earth here. Uh, uh, Hunter Farm says, "Rip for free," and I still feel ripped <laughs> off. So with that, Zooms, let's get to it. Let's ask the Brainiacs in the chat on a scale of one to seven. One being the worst, seven being the best. If you watched it, what would you rate last night's WWE? Premium Pops live event, Bad Bunny, though. Royal Rumble. Um, I'm getting a, a zero out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Men's Rumble needed the good father. I actually agree with Thick Flair there. Yeah, the, there's no question that once again, I think this two years running, the No Mercy 64 Rumble here on the Wrestling Brain Network easily outperformed. It was, that was a really good. Like we, you, you like bring in the stories that happened last year in that Rumble. Uh, the way that that paid off was actually really impressive. We we will give you long-term storytelling here on the Wrestling Brain Network. We will tell you stories about hubris via Mae Young and Earl Hebner. We'll tell you how a rumble should be done with a final two going 20 minutes and Dean Malenko and Ken Shamrock. Let's build some new stars. Let's get mid-carders to the main event. We're showing you how it's done over here on the channel. Um, so, I think uh, two from Ashton Kutcher saying there were a couple of moments. I would I would... I would say probably a two is about right. Let's yeah, not. I think a two is where I am. I would say also that um, 
did a trivia night. I was doing I was doing like a Zoom trivia night with some old friends uh, during this as well. That's a nice, uh, you know, yeah. doing two things doesn't hurt it. Okay, let's let's get to some scores here, Zoobs. Uh, e Prime one, Scoots Brodo zero, Pacefall one and a half. Okay, guys, ne- ne- negatives don't mean anything. I'm not counting. Ashton Kutcher two, Hunter Ridge Farm two and a half, Steakabons two, Zach Richler with a one. 0.5 from Maddie Mac, two from South Death, two from Eric Douglas. Oh, that's got to be the lowest rated thing we've ever. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's the again Royal Rumble is very easy to do. Like there was the, that was yes. sort of the the notable thing I think, and and we can talk about sort of specific things. But the big picture stuff is like there was really a lack of. Usually you see somebody sort of make a name for themselves in the middle part or you sort of get these little smaller segments i know obviously the kofi spot uh didn't go as planned but like that sort of seemed like that was the one thing that was like sort of planned for the entire the entire show i don't know it really seemed like um that structure not that we always get but sort of that that use of the story or pardon me of the match to sort of build smaller things and give us a bunch of smaller moments like really didn't come close to happening well, you sort of have to have one or the other, right? Like, I like the 2019 Rumble, the one where Brock Lesnar just sort of runs show for the first half. They have him and Big Keith, and then they have McIntyre put him out, and then it's an okay Rumble. But it, the action is good in that one. Yeah. And then I like the, I don't know, the 92 Rumble, because you have good surprises and people from other feds. So there's different paths you can take, but like you and E Prime were pointing it out, no matter how you want to get there, making a good Rumble isn't hard. If you don't have the big surprises, Let's have, oh, Ray and Dominic are the only two in ring. What does that look like? Are they going to, is this a passing of the torch? Will they work together? Like, none of this, like, simple, basic, but, like, here, to get to a two, here are some of the things I like. Uh, I wanted Brock and Riddle to go longer, but I enjoyed the sequence they had. And when Brock catches him under one arm, and just, like, twists his body and just throws, like, catches him and then throws him over the top ring to the floor, not only is that a hellacious bump to take, there just aren't that many guys that could do that to a guy of Riddle's size and density. Like, Riddle is a big, muscular dude, and it's, you know, okay, Brock Lesnar's strong, obviously, but that's yeah. like a moment where you're reminded that it's like, there's lots of strong guys who, if you're not a pro wrestler who's great and deeply strong, you can't do that safe. Like, that Riddle lands on his back. It was just deeply impressive spot to me uh, out of those two there, and I like the exchanging of those. Um, I said the Liv Morgan moment. Johnny Knoxville was a highlight. The Montez Ford giant, the frog splash six feet in the air, looking like Leo Rush out there. But listen, we, I want to do, I'm way more interested in the mailbag because we have yeah. passionate things to say about that. And New York fucking sucks. And this was a cruel reminder, but just, just shit. That Kofi spot, did that break your heart like a broke mind? It made me sad. Well, yes. It was, it, obviously, you want to see what they, but like, it, it also was sort of a reminder of like, it's so risky to build and then like, and then Kofi does something like freakishly athletic uh, with these incredible feats of like balance every single year. And then he doesn't fuck it up ever before. This is like, like 10 years straight. He like does something unbelievable uh, and creative and brand new. Uh, You would have loved to see what they had cooked up there, but. Well, a million percent. And listen, he was always going to miss one. And Lord, here I am going to tell Kofi Kingston about pro wrestling, but this one did seem very ambitious to do but then i'm pissed off again because this is new york we missed like four eliminations from camera shots yesterday we can't just not show kofi's other foot touching the ground like we have to go to the replay there we can't just say 
Only one foot touch! Kofi Kingston's done it again! Like, we, Big E got eliminated and we didn't see it. Your most recent champion. Like, right. We could, this is pro wrestling. We can't just do that for Kofi to protect his 10 year Rumble spot dominance. I don't know. Tough. Uh, Ryan K. Lamb pointing out the, the Knoxville. Uh, I retweeted the, the person who called it the Shibata forearm. It was Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Knoxville was a, a classic celebrity thing where I suppose he was, you know, the Rumble. He's probably just talking to the people he's going to engage with, which I guess are Montez Ford and AJ Styles, two good guys. And AJ must have just been like, Hit me here as hard as you can. <laughs> it looked awesome, I thought. It was a genuinely good shot from uh, Johnny. Beautiful. Matty uh, Mack yeah. saying it correct. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you get your specific things like Big E eliminated by Shane McMahon and all that stuff. But... An exhausted Shane McMahon, by the way. A minute into this match, Shane McMahon heaving and hoeing gets Big E out of there. I just don't get it. Tough scene. I uh, yeah I mean I, I I came out of this you know when you when I'm, you don't watch for basically two years going like well who who are all of these people is a normal thing to do but it seemed especially like that and and uh, didn't get me as upset but only because like well I don't really care about where it's going and it hasn't been part of my right. I'm not being let down by this I sort of is is going to be the only thing I watch all year barring uh, an absolute miracle um, so maybe mania. Doesn't no it, because mania is no longer mania is you know gotten too big. It's not this like oh I'm gonna oh I'm gonna do mania this year. It's like twelve hours over two days. Are you fucked? Like no <laughs> chance. That's not just I'm casually dipping in. That's like I'm using two weekend days uh, to watch wrestling nonstop that I don't I specifically care about. Manny Mack and Ashley Kutcher both saying they liked Rick Boogs. Um, I I don't really know anything like I don't know. I didn't really like him. I think maybe if he was just the old carny strong man that you guys are describing, I would be into it. But it seems also that he's like a 80s hair metal guy right. who plays guitar for Shinsuke Nakamura, which feels like I'm less into it. But maybe he's awesome. I don't, I don't watch this stuff, right? Like, I'm basing my impression off of first impressions. And he, yeah, he, he looked like a cool old-timey guy. Kevstel's saying they should have let him play guitar. There you go. I don't I don't agree with that, but but maybe... <laughs> I don't know anything about him. I just, Rick Boogs is an okay wrestling name. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, all right. So there's uh, there's 20 minutes on the Rumble. Yeah, we said we'd do a little off the top of the Rumble. Like, I, it sucked. I don't have much else to say. Yeah. Didn't move me in any way to further my involvement. No, we're no closer to reviewing it weekly. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. God, man. And this is anyway. For quickly, and I'm sorry, we all wrap on this. I want to personally thank the Brainiacs who were in our mentions yesterday and saw that one guy being like, Wrestling Brain, you just don't get the booking here. This is good logic. <laughs> there were Scoots Brodos in here. I know it was one of them. I think Matty Mack. There was a bunch of people just being like, you have problems. Like, seek help. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I want you to know, I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Because the New York Hill was strong with a couple of people in the Wrestling Brain mentions last week. Listen, and it, it, I, yeah, I guess my final thing is, is like, I tried to be like, you know, I haven't watched it, so it, maybe it won't be for me, right? Like, that, maybe it, it, that, that'll be sort of the way it goes, is you don't watch something. It would be like jumping into the mid-season cliffhanger of a show you didn't watch, right? But, uh, you know, then I'm also like, well, if that is what for you and you're watching it, like, I get, like, have fun. It looks yeah. awful. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like... You're, you're no, if you're worried about people like us, like coming in and ruining the good thing you, you are got going, 
I wouldn't worry about it. Like I, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't come to you. You came to us. Yeah. I'm not. You, I told the guy to unfollow us. I said, please unfollow us. This is why are you so upset. I said, I'm not upset. I just think your takes blow. Yeah. Please unfollow us. I don't want to assault this thing that you clearly love, but the thing you love sucks really makes bad. me have no respect for you. Yeah. All right. The mailbag. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail when it comes. I want to wail. First one comes from Ike, a line I hockey three says, uh, does AEW need a cruiserweight title because they have so many smaller wrestlers or does a belt for smaller wrestlers diminish instead of elevate them? Great question. Yeah, I, uh, it depends, right? Because in a, in terms of real sports presentation, the, the new Japan side of things, I think a junior heavyweight scene and a heavyweight scene makes a lot of sense in that sort of structure, a faction based, uh, more presentation wins matter. I, I think in AEW, a cruiserweight title would operate probably more like the rankings and you would have people who are not cruiserweights challenging for it. Like what the X Division became, or like Kevin Nash is in it. So uh, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think they need any more belts at all, but I, but I understand the spirit of the question. Yeah, I, I very much understand as well. I, I'm sort of hard line here that we don't need more belts sort of is just sort of a hard line thing. But to your point, I do see um a value in it if it is sort of heralded in the right way and it's i think for me it's just personally like so many up so many times it not working to just be like it it doesn't seem like it ever really pays off there's there are the rare times again you, you mentioned new japan's a great example uh, and they do certainly have the shows and the airtime to build something out of it i just don't know that it ends up going the way that we feel it does ideally deserve to be serviced and I, it's easy for me to understand enjoying the junior style and to understand um wanting to see it get its own little showcase um but I, I don't know that i don't know that it's one of those things similar to the similar to the trios where it's like i totally understand why you would want it and to give it away the first time but then three months later you're like well we sort of we're already at a place where we don't care much about this. So um, belts are owned by the Fed. Who cares? Like, look at CM Punk and MJF. Look at CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. Like, these are compelling centers of the show that have no belts attached. I like E Prime saying here, elevate the stories around the belts you have. That's basically where I come. Yeah, but I do understand. I, I do to, to the point even you made there. Like done properly, it can be a it can be a value thing. But um, I think right now they sort of have that. That open way that, uh, you know, Darby sort of interacts with their heavyweight scene that you almost wouldn't want him limited in, in sort of that way. Well, that's exactly right. There's so many small guys who no longer are in contention for the AEW heavyweight title. Yeah. Uh, this is from Steve. Mock said he's going on a pilgrimage this year now that he's returned. Any wishes as to where and who will be involved? Am I going to go first on all these hoops or do we want to trade I'll off? go first here. I think Mox and Eddie... It, by and listen, I'll I'll take the count on this one. Uh, Marks and Eddie going to all Japan is sort of the fan fiction that I think. Uh, okay. And listen, that, that maybe that's that this, this is a fan fiction thing, right? This is this is wishes. Um, you mentioned at the year end show, or I think it was the first ever Wednesday night tweet. You passed the. You were like, here's Eddie Kingston's list of who he wants to fight this year. Wants Jun Akiyama. Right. And so the selling for this is Eddie is saying, listen, man, we just let, let's just go clear our heads, uh, continue c crossing things off our list, continue like, you know, let's not get complacent with with we've built so much and we've become such stars. 
let's really like complete the list. Get, check everything off. Don't leave anything behind because we're in our primes and this is our one shot to do it. And we're both in good mental head spaces. I think that's how you get yourself Ooh. to Mox and Eddie and all Japan. Let's get some brains in the chat for Zoobs on that one. Absolutely love that answer, especially given all Japan's sort of wonderful history with big, like main eventing shows with tag matches. Like Eddie and Mox could be uh, a huge deal there. Secondly, shut the fuck up about all Japan. We get it. You like the fan, <laughs> whatever. This guy and the, the Zoobs. Okay, we get it. Zoobs. You like all. You should Japan. see the mechanic, the mechanic I have built in. I have built in. I haven't been able to show off yet. <laughs> Absolutely love that call. And uh, yeah, Mox, fits, Mox and any fit into any scene in a way that's interesting to me, right? Because of their dynamic. Um, but for me, Zoobs, uh, a fed closer to my heart than all Japan right now needs help. Um, forget about the Royal Rumble, which was bad and I don't care. New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom, three nights. I found very little joy out of. And uh, there's a feud there that has been teased and teased and teased and has not been paid off. If you need to turn John Moxley heel coming out of rehab, which is a, a task on its own where people are ready to embrace, especially with him, you know, coming in Cleveland second week back. All you have to do is pair him against the ace of the universe, Hiroshi Tanahashi. That is all that needs to happen. Yeah. These guys have gone back and forth. Dominion needs a big match. If we're talking pilgrimage, I want Mox catching the first flight, flight back to Japan and settling the score with the ace and showing his his mean streak and enter into the Death Rider theme, shirtless with the leather jacket on, bad boy style, the heel turn completed. So uh, that's where I'd want. That or the Duffy Wrestling Federation. Yeah, great pick. Well, the only <laughs> belt that matters, the DWL, DWL the Wrestling League. Uh, Brian Cox, how long do you think until we see Okada or Ibushi show up in AEW? He says A Okada or Ibushi, as if to say on this level. Let's just yeah. use these two names as specifics. Never. How about you, Zoops? You don't think we're ever going to see? In AEW? Yeah. I think we see AEW talent in New Japan next. I think if the Ring of Honor talent deal from years past tells us anything, it's that New Japan is happy to give you stuff, but then they're going to get it back. They've given us their dads and their mid-carters and eaten losses, which means it's time for some uh, bigger names to go to New Japan and eat some losses. And I think they need the bodies and the help more than AEW does. I think, and I've always said that I think Kenny and Ibushi should play out in New Japan. Like that's, that's, yes. that's where it's more interesting. But in terms of like Okada coming over, I would love it. I thought it was happening, but he's champion now. Like I, I don't, I don't see him leaving Japan for, for a long time. So when I say never, maybe that's too long, but certainly not on the books. I don't think it happens this year. I think, I think we're still a long way away from that. Um, so I'm going to say sometime into 2023. There you go. Uh, Roy Kenta, the corn cob dipshit, who I believe is in the <laughs> chat today. Kev, uh, what wrestler would you have be champ in order for Cody walking back his promise to not challenge for the world title to actually make sense? Famously, of course, Cody losing his right to ever challenge the world title uh, in the first couple months of AEW. Yeah, it really was early in the company's history, a choice right out the gate to lead us to here. Um, for me, or sorry, Subes, do you want first on this one? No, I went first last time. Adam Cole, uh, with the Undisputed Era flanking him, have taken over AEW. I think there's a very real chance he's going to be up for Hangman at Revolution. If there's a chance they put it on Adam Cole and Kenny's not ready to come back and the Undisputed Era and Adam Cole are running roughshod over AEW, Kenny wants to turn bait, or sorry, rather, Cody wants to turn babyface. I think Cody is would be ready to be Mr. AEW against the Outsiders who have taken over. 
How about you, Zoops? Um, I... I don't want to cop out and say nobody. Part of me wants to cop out and be like, it's not going to happen. He's going to, this will be one thing that they stick to. But um, I want to stick in the spirit of the question. And I think um, in a similar way, it might be MJF. Maybe that's a little too easy, but just sort of like uh, in a very similar vein to what you sort of talked about. He sort of Cody taken created over. the Frankenstein yeah. monster of MJF. Yeah, exactly right. Only he and can MJF, MJF is like, you can challenge the title, but your career is in the line. Something along that line. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me, too. Ultimately, Cody in the World Heavyweight title scene is not something I'm aching for, but uh, but that's how it would be, yeah. Uh, Jay what? Who's Jay in, in our chat? Always has good hey. things to say. Great question. You can go back in time and change the finish to one match in history. What match and what would you do instead? Who up? Oh, uh, yeah. Let me think. You, do you have an answer for this? Let me, let me think on this first. You betcha. So I had, well, Zoob's asked me if I had an answer for this. And the, the truth is I had 400 answers for this. <laughs> uh, in narrowing down my answer for Jay's question here, uh, it took some work. But ultimately, I was thinking about at what point in time would I, that I would also be excited about it. Because it's fun to think of like historical ones that would have gone one way or the other. But I was thinking of personally to me, what would have been gigantic? And there was one very clear answer. It was uh, in 2003 when uh, Rob Van Dam beat John Cena at the ECW Revival One Night Stand. Everybody remembers this, I think. Huge, nobody picking Rob Van Dam. Cena treated like a full-on heel for the first time in his run. An amazing moment. Rob Van Dam is the top guy in New York. And, and not only that, with a pin over Cena, which at the time is a, a rarity at best. He's probably on a short list of edge Orton and him at that time off the top of my head. Something oh, like that. He's part of an elite club that's Pincina. And then RVD's cruising down the highway looking for adventure and whatever comes his way with his pal Sabu. And unfortunately <laughs> got a bunch of liquor and drugs in the trunk, go figure. Cops pull them over. It's a big news story because Rob Van Dam is not only a member of New York, he's the WWE, cha WWE champion, busted marijuana, cocaine, this horrible look. He gets to TVs that Monday, and Vince says, you know, you're suspended. We're getting the belt. You're dropping this belt tonight. You're dropping the EC belt, ECW belt Thursday. You know, you've, you've done a horrible thing here, Rob. So he goes out on Monday Night Raw in a triple threat with Edge and John Cena. Now, this is maybe my least favorite era in New York that's about to come, the, the Cena, Sheamus, Triple H era. And it could have been saved. If Vince McMahon just decides to turn a blind eye and be like, listen, this guy's insanely over right now. He's famous for being from ECW. Is him being caught with drugs that far out of stuff? We make an example of him in some way, but maybe we continue the push. I would have had that same triple threat on Monday Night Raw, but I would have had a five-star frog splash onto Edge and have Rob Van Dam have pinned Edge and John Cena in the span of a couple. Because, he again, he was primed for true top guy uh, moments and momentum. So I would have changed uh, that package. Uh, this is going to sound... So I'm, I'm, I'm not... I didn't put it much... much I'm just coming up with this Wrestle now. Wrestle 23 off Brains. The top, Wrestle sort of, 23 of the dome here and, and thinking about what I would have found interesting is I would have had uh, Dean Ambrose beat Triple H at Roadblock 2016. Good match. It was a good match. Um, 
that so so that Triple H goes on to face Seth at that mania. Yes. So it would have led to like the culmination of Dean and Seth, maybe another ladder match or some big step at Mania. Yeah, I like that a bunch. Um, More than the 30 minute psychology classic at Mania that we gotta suffer through every year. Yes. Uh and sort of uh, you, get, you get a big surprise there. Those sort of that. I think they had just sort of launched the network not that long before, and yeah. sort of it, it was a network exclusive live thing. And you get this like big reason to tune in to watch to, to have these live specials mean something. Enzo uh, and Cass debut that night too. Yeah. So I think you. I think you. Uh, you sort of. You know, it, because so much of the alternate history here is like Mox just there's one thing after the other where he cannot uh get his love for this business sort of quantified in, in the way that he wants but i think you know imagine this this alternate world where like it, it it is it plays out really beautifully and they do have i think in 2015 2016 um wwe was sort of on the cusp of maybe having a pop culture moment like really maybe mm -hmm. having some relevance and hooking in like a lot of people and you know we've seen now we would just talk to like terrible shows and and it was so bad that it spun off a competitor that people are are really consuming so um interested to see what, what how the world would be different it's sort of mox's appetite totally is taken care of a little bit better yes does he ever go to aid i mean i really it's a it's a what do you call that a butterfly effect moment where it really could have led to a bunch of other things too uh, Zubes, I'm gonna hop into the chat here for a minute. Thank yeah. you to Obi Wan Kabashi for uh, the subscription with Prime Zoobs. I know you know, but I'll let anybody who doesn't know know. Even if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can head to twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. And if you have Amazon Prime, you're currently giving money straight to Jeff Bezos right in his pocket. Here you go. You could instead break off a little piece of that for your boy, the Zoobs, and for your old pal Jay Zero over here. Subscribe to Wrestling Brain with Prime. It's very easy to do, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Enzo and Gas actually had a good match there, says Steak Buns. Yeah, that match rocks. FTR, just, I mean, they are FTR at the time. They are the, the Revival and Blake and Murphy, F, or, uh, Enzo and Cass, American Alpha, uh, DIY, Authors of Pain. All those guys have their best match ever with Revival. Still stand. Yeah, uh, next question comes from The Recloss. It looks real. Uh, Ashley Kutcher in our chat. He says, I once asked this on Top Marks, and you guys dismissed me immediately, but I got Zoobs here now. Maybe I can get an answer from a pro. Why do ring crews keep kendo sticks under the ring? And, of course, Josh, uh, a shinai, the Japanese sword made typically of bamboo, used for practice and competition in kendo. Shinai are usually used in other martial arts, but maybe styled differently than the traditional kendo shinai represented uh, with different characters. The light soft wood used in Chennai distinguishes it from other wooden swords, such as Bakken, which is generally made of a heavier, sturdier wood. Hope that help. Hope that answers the question. Thank you for uh, writing in. Up next. Thank you. Great question. Um, Maddie Mack, for no reason whatsoever, you've been asked to assemble a basketball team using <laughs> the current AEW roster. Who are your five starters and who is the sixth man? Do you want to do this one together, Zoobs? Because you're you're more of a sports guy. That I have some names written down, but I think maybe with my <laughs> roster written out and your yeah. uh, aptitude for sports, maybe we could come up with something good. Does it an okay one to do together? Absolutely. So, uh, listen, I'll, I'll I'll make my first pick here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Tall Paul, the the Big Show, Paul White. No more BS. Paul White uh, played for the Wichita State Shockers. Uh, so you okay. know it's you know it's basketball acumen. Uh, Probably wouldn't be moving too well, but a guy that you would be able to reliably feed the ball uh, post touches. And, and I, I assume probably this stage of his life, a little bit of a Mark Gasol game where he could sort of Big man. Direct, direct the passing from the high post and uh, box out and, and get boards. 
Now, are, are you worried at all that Paul White, like when, when we see him walk, it looks like maybe he can't even do that. Yeah. Are you worried about how he might be using like any him, sort of lateral movement? Using might, him might... mostly as a space eater here, right? You're sort of just sort of, if you park him w within two feet in front of the basket, sort of, you've then walled off five feet. Sort of no easy buckets sort of thing. Works for me. Zoobs, the one person who has to be on this list, I think, is Luchasaurus, a college basketball career and lots of logs. He's still shooting hoops. He's what, 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, yeah. Luchasaurus is a starter on our team, right? Yeah, so, wow. So, so you're... Paul Luchar. Center and power forward taken care of. I think Scorpio's guy is, constantly has basketball jerseys on. Um, Him and Chuck Taylor are always wearing uh, Yeah, so I think I would probably take those two. One, one then the other. I think that's your small forward shooting guard. Can I can I position something opposite those two as an alternative? Not that I'm close to that, but uh, Anthony Bowens is often seen playing basketball uh, backstage at AEW. And, and I, I believe, pardon me, I believe he was a, a baseball prospect of some. Not like he absolutely that's exactly yeah. where I'm going here. And a college level baseball player, so we know he's athletic. No, he can shoot hoops. And on top of that, is there reason to then fold the acclaimed into it? If, is there value in a tag team being on our team? I mean, does a natural tag team chemistry translate to the court? Um, I haven't seen the same evidence, of course, of, of casters athletic. Yeah, prowess, I have no idea. But uh, but I, I like Bowens as a pick. The, the, the college athletics background uh, always helpful. Up next right now, Jade Cargill. Uh, that was in the chat as well. Oh, was it? Well, there you go. Oh, a college basketball standout. I didn't even know it was basketball. I just mean, I, I bet Jade has never done oh, a sport go. and been bad, bad at, at it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I bet every athletic she's ever touched, like, oh, I'm the best person here at whatever we're doing right, right now. So I get that sense. So that's five, and then I'm sort of a bench. A bench. Maybe we, maybe we have Chucky e. T coming off the bench. Just for like a spirit. A little secret, secret weapon, or he's over there on the bench having a great time. I think that makes sense. So it's, it's, it's Paul White, Luchasaurus, uh, Bowens. Cargill, Scorpio Sky, and uh, Chuck Taylor. So six. There's our six. Not bad. Yeah, uh, I almost consider. I see good friend Jake saying Dante Martin because he jumps high. Yeah, I had Ray Phoenix written down sure. here for the same reason. Yeah, I can see but. that. I, also, for some reason, I thought maybe like the the, the panache of uh, like a like a Starks, but you can never really tell. Maybe maybe if he's actually a basketball player. Basketball is a very unique combination of like. Motions to get into. Anyway, forgot Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, choose a current wrestler to give a classic animal gimmick to that would be fun. Think Jake and Damien, Coco and Frankie, the Bulldogs and Matilda. Do not think Ricky Steamboat in a fucking dragon costume. So, so, so basically a, a uh, avatar, a pet, a pet, a... a I, I have a very specific answer for this, Zeus. But first I want to just say for a banner over top of this. To answer this question, you have to not consider animal cruelty because you can't you can't give an answer here without being like, well, this animal might hate this. That's just the reality of this question. So would I choose for this to happen? I don't know. But in the reality of the situation, a new AEW debutant this week, Zeus. Dan Housen. Oh, uh, yes. Very nice, very evil. Uh, I just had this image as I was pondering over this question of Danhausen with a fishbowl that he has to keep safe everywhere. And he talks to this fish and he's like hyper protect because he's always doing like this fragile as glass movements. And it's like if he's like 
so jerky. Maybe it's a fake fish. I don't know how you do it, but it's sure. like, oh, no, not in my fish house. And like, he's hyper protective. And then one day, of course, somebody knocks the bowl over. And that's when you get like the new Danhausen, like the serious shoot wrestler. You've come for my fish. So fish housing for Danhausen is my answer. Very nice. Uh, Cody, of course, brought his dog to the ring multiple times and yeah, never, did not seem to be a, never a good idea. Dogs don't, you can't explain to a dog why fireworks are going off. There's no, no. like, there's no like, don't worry, guys. There's no like, don't worry, right? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, no. Um, don't worry, though, it's going to end after Halloween. They don't understand that. Yeah. Um, nor can they prepare for them. Nor can they, nor can, nor can you be like, hey, just so you know, fireworks in two minutes. They're not going to exactly. be like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true. Give FTR an intimidating dog. That's an interesting one. Oh, a bulldog um, for FTR. You can just bring in Iguana Man and have him be a. Um, turtle for Dar- Darby Allen. Sort of play into the I Like Turtles comp. Jungle Boy a Monkey. <laughs> there yeah, there we go. Um, I don't really need an animal gimmick. It's sort of what I learned. But well, the Dan House of Fish idea, not the worst, right? Absolutely not. Uh, Danny would awesome. <clears throat> if you could time travel, 1994 Bret Hart, who we could not lavish enough possible praise onto, uh, into 2022 for one match, whomst would you have Bret Hart go up against? You need me to answer this question? How about the two guys who could never keep one another's names out of their fucking mouths about how much they love each other? How about CM Hunk is on television wearing a Bret Hart hoodie more often than he isn't? How about Zero Punk is doing Bret Hart spots in every match he does, that any time a microphone's put in front of him, he's saying, Bret was right, I really realized that when Bret Hart is asked, is anyone doing the business right these days? He goes, I love CM Punk. I don't even know if there's another answer. <laughs> Hook. <laughs> Hook. Uh, Okada, Omos, Dan- uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, CM Punk is a great is a, is a great answer there. I think that's Okada, Brian. They would obviously rule. They're like who yeah. would say those aren't good matches? He, but there's a whole other layer with Punk. These guys like legitimately think the other one is the best. Uh, Bret Hart one on one against uh, Dax Harwood. Good friend Jake saying have him and Omen tag against FTR. There you go, my brother Owen. Uh, Captain Nasty Stride, King Kong Fundy. Is there a place for monster trucks in modern American wrestling? Follow up question. Who would you match up against Cody in a monster truck battle? And what would their monster truck look like? Obviously, Cody would have one, one of the monster trucks. I agree with that. Um, so I think. Uh, let's see. Monster truck. Who's your who's your who's a monster truck wrestling? Possible. Well, first of all, is, it, is there space for it in the today's sphere to you? Uh, listen, I'm, I, I, you can always get big and ridiculous to me. So if you, if you could if you could get me to the ledge, I would I would walk to it with you. It's going to be a no from me, dog. <laughs> Medusa is a good, yeah. Darby Allen. Uh, yeah, Darby Allen is sort of your monster truck. I have Lance Archer written down as looks Lance like Archer monster was, truck driver. Was in my mind as well. Yeah. He looks like he might just own a monster truck. You need the death witch. You need the death witch. Um, I think Lance Archer is a, is a sneaky good answer there. Um, oh, Big Mac saying a Wardlow monster truck. That's a good one. Sure. But and with with branding stuff, you always had to think to the elite. You always think like the elite and find a way to get. Yeah, all five. Things. Actually, all five of them like in a truck hanging out. <laughs> Who would drive? Who's driving if the elite are in a monster truck? Cutler, maybe. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. What? Well, Callus. Yeah, that's interesting. Is the driver the the bottom rung DD role or is it the, the, like, would, the wheel would man? Be, would have to be Kenny. Yeah, 
I got yeah. you. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Andrade has a limo monster truck. I swear, head to God, Anfield Road, I had that exact same idea. A giant limo for Andrade. I, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, Mark Will, what would be the best venue in AEW? For, pardon me, for AEW in Canada. And Jay Switzerland says, related, let's say you could book the venue. What would you book as the main event of the first AEW show in Canada? I think we did that before. We said Kenny and... Jericho, sort of your ideal. Yeah, Alpha Omega 3 in wherever the Jets play, the big Winnipeg Arena. Yeah. Um, ideal venue. What size of venues are they running right now? I think like the like 8,000-ish. Okay. So, you know, you that in Toronto, you're looking at like Bemo Field would be like an interesting outdoor by the lake um, sort of things. I don't think they would be ambitiously going like 50,000 at the Rogers Center or, you know, you maybe you could do the do like eighteen thousand people, nineteen thousand people in the Air Canada Center, but um, where do the Jets play in Winnipeg? How big is that arena? Do you know? Because it, it being a hockey arena, I sort of I'm sure I can ballpark it. It'll be fifteen k ish or yeah. more. Okay. Oh, I mean, although I think with uh, Jericho and Kenny, you would sell that. Like, I think you yeah. go to Winnipeg for that. Like the Battle 16, of Winnipeg. Three. Who is the greatest wrestler from Winnipeg of all time? Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Um. Yeah, Winnipeg. Not a, I don't like. I don't hate Winnipeg as a as an answer. As an answer there, fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand three hundred. The okay, so that that that's not like. I mean, obviously this was CM Punk's return, but they did what twenty two thousand for the first dance. Yeah, and Grand Slam was eighteen thousand in the tennis court. Yeah, so like they that. they can they and again I think if you if it's like first pay per view in Canada and Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega are your headliners. There's not a press outlet in Canada that will not have Chris Jericho on it that week. Like, it, it won't happen. Yeah. Um, Ricky Hart, you had to guess how high would the best New York match score on your year-end rankings for 2022? So, of course, if you want to see my year-end rankings for last year, patreon.com slash J0SHC. So much up there right now. My goodness. The Stu Hart Awards, GCW Hammerstein, and starting in two weeks. Well, the trailer's out tomorrow, but starting in two weeks, ECW Review Month kicks off. Four pay-per-views from ECW 1997 with guests you'll love. Uh, what will be... So last year, I think the highest score New York got is a five and a half out of seven for Sasha versus Bianca, I think. Uh, whereabouts, whereabouts did that rank? Whereabouts is five and a half? Out of seven, I think it was... Yeah, it probably made the top 15 last year, I would think. Something like that. So I don't know if last night was any fucking heads up. I don't know. I'll say they can match that. I'll say they get another five and a half this year. Yeah. But I don't know who would it be. They don't let Cesaro wrestle. They don't let Sami Zayn wrestle. Like Sasha, I guess again. Yeah, because you know, for as bad as last night was, they they were like on the way to a match I was enjoying quite a bit there. So the like, opener, the, you mean? Yeah, had that just yeah. had that just come along and and finished in a regular way. Like yeah, it was a good match. Good we start. didn't even talk about the mixed tag. What a fucking disaster that was. Uh, Pace Doritos Caviar what antiquated gimmick match should we bring back in 2022 gimmick match should be brought back in 2022 you want me to go here yeah so I uh, despite not being a child of world championship wrestling or world class wrestling or uh, you know whatever crap's going on over there wrestling WCW <laughs> love 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 the classic Cactus Jack versus Vader spin the wheel make a deal match where you go out there and the performers do not know what wrestling match they're about to have they go up and you spin a wheel with stipulations on it 
and whatever it lands on that's the match of the wrestling and it is not a, a gimmicked up wheel i think that's uh that's a lot of fun and i think people the right sort of few to serve by that sort of thing two wild men who don't give a hell uh spin the wheel make a deal uh i was thinking uh in a similar way sort of that to that old school wcw vibe of like I can't remember if it was Battle Bowl or um, Lethal Lottery, where basically you draw numbers and it pairs you up into random tag teams. Yeah, Lethal Lottery, and then that's the pay-per-view, and it rules. Right, and then at the end, uh, the tag team partners can like face each other, or yeah. or the final two teams. It's a it's a four it's fatal four way. Uh, I think that is sort of you have to work to it as a team to then get your shot at individual greatness with a bunch of single wrestlers is uh, a fun way to tell some quick stories. I think Anfield Road is in the chat and can maybe fill us in. I think Dragon Gate does something akin to that these days. Cool. I think. Um, Obi Wan saying a scaffold match. Good heavens! Rest <laughs> in peace, Mass Transit. Uh, what was that old New York pay per view, Cyber Monday, where the fans voted for all the matches and steps? Yep, you have it exactly right. Cyber Monday. Uh, Matt, the Iraq War liker. If you had to give one wrestler in all of history a stereotypical Frenchman gimmick: striped shirt, beret, baguette, cigarette. Uh, who could make it work the best? Sami Zayn. Mm, yeah, he could. He really could. I can't even think of another answer. It's tough. That's, that's pretty much impossible. Yeah, Matt Lee. Matt Lee, it's my answer. Yeah, thank you, Matty Mac. Let's get some Matt Lees in the chat. That is absolutely oh, correct. Matt Lee. Can, can, you, can we flesh this out a little bit? The, the Frenchman, is he, stay, is he now Mathieu? Or is yeah. he staying as Matt Lee? No, I think he'd have to be Mathieu. Yeah, I think absolutely. Boy. So Mathieu Lee, uh, he has the beret, he has the striped shirt, he has the bag. Is he miming? Or are we letting <laughs> the guy stay and talking? No, he's a, yeah, it, he would speak, he'd, like, he'd be very francophone, right? Like it would be extremely, we almost have like a Penta says sort of thing. I think for wow. best effect is you'd have him subtitled, not have somebody translate. I think subtitles... <laughs> In, in the way that he's comedic would be would be really good because you know he'd be over the top and yelling and screaming uh good for absolutely. jake nail again good for uh saying jeff parker is his mind manager <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like parker should just like derisively be smoking uh <laughs> sings constantly in the little holder gimmick they got it's like rolling yeah. his eyes with a long cigarette i have to admit i i started thinking sammy zane would be number one but i might be slid over to team matt tough lee to beat the, tough to beat matt lee uh at anything really scoots brodo who you can follow on twitter two-parter number one how are you guys doing today i feel good um i'm all I, i'm uh Haley and I, we, we had an anniversary a couple weeks ago, so we're going on our date to our favorite restaurant tonight. So I got a good night ahead of me. That's great. That's great. Uh, so I'm, I'm good if I'm over. This is, after this year's uproar and Great Lake erasure of the Midwest, what are the best and worst cities for future beach break iterations? Only criteria are that cities must have a beach. So do you want me to take this one, Zoobs? Yeah. So I think best, and maybe you'll agree with me here, Miami, when I think American Beach, I think Miami. Am I, am I off base? Absol I know, absolutely. And in Party City. Absolutely. So best for Breach Break, Miami. Worst, surely New York. Uh, the first city <laughs> to come up, if you Google worst beach in America, uh, it's a city in New York State that doesn't have a sewer, no sewage system in this city. Oh, my God. I love that. So uh, smells like shit in this city, but there is a beach. So uh, surely New York, the worst place to hold beach. Juneau, Alaska. from from uh, Ashton Kutcher. 
I would, you know what? I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll get crazy here. Not crazy, but like uh, beach break. They should go to Australia. Give me, give me like, give me upside down the world. Uh, it's winter here. It's summer in Australia. They go, they go full into it. They That's a fun idea. Have the Iconics do a run in. Yeah. There you go. What other Australian talent is there that you could bring in for? Uh, I think for Tony that? Storm's from New Zealand, so you. Yeah, yeah, Storm. Oh, Jonah! If you get your hands on Jonah for the night. Yeah, and then you 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 can play into your all the Tongans, all the all the bull yep, club guys. Yep. Uh, Jay White, you sort of have a ton of fun over there. Loving everything about that. And then Atlantic City, I like that as well. Buddy Murphy, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Which Haas from years prior, Vader, Bam, etc. Would you most like to see in the current landscape? What would be the feud for them? I think Vader. I think that the presence of a Vader is something that is just like sorely needed. Of just like there's just like there's this absolute brick wall of a guy that you the only thing you can do is hope to not piss him off or draw his attention. It kills me to not say Stan Hansen here, who of course is. Uh the all-time greatest wrestler and phenomenal but i don't think wrestlers today are looking to do what he was looking to do as much i think he would probably have some great matches with some guys and fit in like incredibly poorly with people who are going out there to do some moves he'd be like what 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 are you doing what no i'm gonna i want to try and hit you with my body and they'd be like no no you gotta stand three steps back so i can flip he'd be like what like what are you we're fighting what are you talking about um Listen, I've had this discussion a million times. I see Ashley Kutcher with Bam Bam in the chat. I like Bam Bam, but the Bam Bam Vader discussion has always been sort of outright silly to me. I think Vader is a, a top guy, a star. There's a reason they had him beat Inoki in 10 seconds, which if you know how meaningful that is, you know how meaningful that is. I think in terms of somebody who would slot in today, it's Vader. And I, I have been into the big guy hosses lately. I, I feel like I am a qualified expert in this sphere. Uh, but the question is, who would fit in in today's sphere? Uh, and get to see in the current landscape, but what would the feud be for them? So what's like Michael's Vader of today, or Cactus Vader even? Who would, oh, I don't know, like uh, Moxley Vader? Right. Sam, Punk against, Sam Punk against Vader? Can his returning, <laughs> I guess pick Punk every time. Such a, such, so I don't think Kawada counts. Kawada's not big enough, Anfield, bro. We're talking big hosses. Oh, you know what? This is going to, honest to goodness, and I, it almost feels like a trick answer, but uh, like, very early giant uh like like young oh, yeah. Paul white when he's he, with, awesome with with like the athleticism uh he would really be a special talent at any time and i think right now the way, way guys are buzz around like when he was busting out drop kicks and stuff i think uh young paul white would be a very special talent to see right now and have him in there love that pick uh in the mix uh, i like the shout out to bruiser brody by ashton kutcher too uh that's somebody who uh Definitely, definitely would work in any fed. Like you, everybody has space for that style of character. Uh, the great Sasuke appreciator, longtime listener, first time caller. That's not even true. Uh, what promotion do you think has the highest ceiling in the U.S. if they could get the level of distribution that New York and AEW have? So basically, other than those two, if you gave the TNT slash USA uh, distribution model, the time slots, the money. Uh, the backing, the freedom from an owner who says, do whatever you really want here. Uh, which company would have the highest ceiling? I know there's going to be a lot of 
well, what I'll call cool guy picks here, where there are fun answers you can go with. But I, I am simply going to answer the question as accurately as I can, and I do not think North America is ready to embrace a federation that does not op operate in English. I, I don't think that your New Japans, your Dragon Gates, your Noahs, your DDTs, I, I don't think they're in play here if they're looking to find the most success. So I think you're sort of ironed down to a rebirthed ROH, GCW, or MLW. Um, I think MLW would come across as AW Diet. Uh, and so I go GCW, who I think has the most like starkest identity and maybe some characters that people are offhand familiar with. Yeah, I think I can I think I can, I think I can get with that. I think GCW is probably probably the answer is sort of like it becomes uh they would have to even I think even lean even more into that how stark like to be starkly different. Yeah versus sort their of thing. Some of the some of the um, tendencies to sort of give people what they're used to it can seep in, especially once you get bigger and sort of like feel like you have to hit certain marks and that um, almost work against you in that sphere. As you said, MLW, you're almost like, this is just the focus on wrestling. It's just like, we, we have that is with AEW. You need to sort of be uh, presented in a way that you turn it on and immediately know what it is. Exactly right. The, the only reason I can think of to go against GCW is actually sort of built into what you said, whereas, once they're on TV, I would want them to go more extreme to differentiate themselves, but it'd be sort of a, like ECW when they went on TNN, like the push-pull of, oh, wait, what can I actually do on TV here? Yeah. And finding that balance to still, keeping that message consistent while growing is, is pretty tricky to do, I think. Yeah. Danfield wrote saying GCW can't. But listen, the Hammerstein show last week got a zillion views, and uh, that had, they could do any of that stuff on TV. Uh, John Cullen with a Cullen Classic. Going off the wall here. You're having an issue with your computer and you take it to the Genius Bar. You know that it won't be a short appointment either. Which wrestler do you most hope to see behind the counter for your appointment? And which one the least? I would love to see some chat answers here. I have mine written down and I'm uh, married to them. But I'd love to see who people would most want to see help them repair their computer and least. I love this question, Zeus. Do you want me to go first or you got it? So when you take your computer into the genius bar do you sit with the person and, and work through the problem with you? it's not drop off and walk away my understanding is yeah yeah i haven't done it but i think unless it's probably a bigger problem you sit there and you're you're doing the thing with them okay but somebody can correct that if that's not the case boy I mean, let me think on this you you throw okay, some in I, here and I'll, I'll i'll think on this you want best or worst first whichever strikes you is the most fun to answer Worst has to be Abaddon. There's, there's, <laughs> where, where do you even start the dialogue with Abaddon? It's like, oh, there's something wrong with my computer. She's like drooling and crawling yeah. all over. Like, no, my, my, my computer. The, there's something wrong with my computer. <laughs> so, you know, you'd be good staying at home if Abaddon was behind the genius bar. Uh, and then most, I think Xavier Woods, because he seems like friendly and personable and techie. Like, there's a chance he could actually help you with your computer and there's a chance maybe we would get along. Wow. Great picks. Great picks. Right. Um, yeah. Your Abaddon made me think like the fiend mercy. What, <laughs> what a fright that would be. You're going to give, yeah. you're going to hand your computer off and then the, it's the fiend. <laughs> Extremely difficult for me to, the lights keep going off and then they're <laughs> red. You're like, can we, can we do the transaction feed? Uh, any new the day other member. Guy. Yeah. Any new day member is a great pick um yeah i think cesaro would sort of be a low-key good pick because i oh, think yeah i think you could also just sort of like operate on the understanding that like you, you guys can just like he can just quietly work 
and like get it done and then you can leave and like and you feel like he'd hear you out like he'd want to hear your problem in full before trying to get to the solution like he yeah i, I think cesaro like, is... yeah would solve it without being too enthusiastic about it which is almost <laughs> like the desired asking questions about my usage and the problems i'm having in my and me without it like feeling that i have to like go through an interview here he's just like he's asking the questions to pass the time while he works away effortlessly so uh, love that yeah <laughs> the fiend. Yeah, I just, I can't stop thinking about all the lighting changes. My goodness, like, the You fiend. have the laptop yeah. open, and it, <laughs> the light goes out of it. Like, well, I'm trying to, once you can shoot the power back into my laptop, I can continue showing you the errors, <laughs> but you've, you've sucked the energy out of it. So, it, <laughs> well, there we go again. Uh, Blake Murphy asks us, you can license the rights to any song, if it's real in quotation marks, uh, for the AEW wrestler of your choice. What song are you grabbing, 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 and for whomst? And also, is there space for aggression? We, we had a roster saturation point here. Uh, I do just want to read a couple of the chat answers on of course, the, yeah. the computer on the Genius Bar because there's some great ones here. Uh, Sammy Callahan as the hacker solving <laughs> yeah. crow says, "Thank yeah. Blair, that, that's a great call." Uh, least Luke Gallows says, "Matty Matt," which I have. Oh, oh, Broski, yeah, yeah. He's just like, it's like, oh, fucking stop, man. Like, <laughs> he's just like offering you a beer. It's like it's eleven a.m., man. Like, fix the fucking computer, yeah, Broski. Like, oh my god. Uh, Vicky Guerrero is a good call for Lee's thick flair. Uh, Chris Jericho during his break the code gimmick would be good. Says good friend Jake makes a lot of sense. Uh. Stone Cold BT saying the worst is Mustafa Ali because he'd be hacking, but maybe maybe that can go either direction. Man, Solomon Crow is a great answer. That is hilarious. Very, very good stuff. Anyway, sorry, Zoops. Uh, yeah, any real song for the AEW roster? Anything come to mind for you? I've got one off the top of my head, but uh, uh, it's up I'd, to love to, I'd love to hear uh, a return to, to the Ass Man song for Billy, for Billy Gunn and the Gun Club. <laughs> it's a song that you would have to... Difficult to license, I'm sure... It's a WWE original, but man, if they were able to bring that over, that would pop the crowd. Uh, no question. Maybe on the post show one of these days, uh, my band performed that once, and there's video of it online. We might have to watch some of that. Do you want me, Zoops? Yes, please. Hangman Page's theme is okay, but it doesn't feel like big time championship tier to me. One of my favorite bands, My Morning Jacket, has something of a breakthrough hit, or at least the closest thing they'll do, a song called One Big Holiday, which I've always thought would make a tremendous wrestling entrance because it's one of those songs that rather than verse, chorus, verse, it has like a natural build out the gate. Uh, when you listen to this song, I think you will be able to picture what an entrance would look like set to this song. So I'll get My Morning Jacket's One Big Holiday for Hangman Adam Page. Good pick. Tough. That, that's a tough one for me. I don't know enough. I don't know enough real music for that to, to give Can I twist the question a bit for you? Reasonable answer, yeah. What pop song would suit an AEW wrestler the best? Is there an AEW wrestler who you think would benefit from getting a pop song as their entrance name? It's hard, man. It's, it's hard to... It's hard. It, it's, it's, there's, it has to be such a, so evocative of mood and so, like, yeah. quick. Totally. Um, that, the real existential suffering that they, that they put into all that music. Um, you gotta suffer. You could, you could, uh, Chucky T could, could have it. You could put DDP oh. on there for Chucky T. I absolutely love that. And is there space for, for aggression or if we hit monster saturation? Ashley Kutcher reminding us that Christy Hemi's New York, is that true? Is walk idiot walk by the heels or by the hives? Like she walks in and goes, walk idiot walk. 
talk, idiot talk. That that's real. I do not remember that. That is genuinely hilarious. I gave Eddie a DMX song. That's a good answer. That's a good answer, Pacefell. Give Eddie some yeah, I think some some rules. Something. And he's a big enough star that you, you can sort of justify it. So yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, and his team suck. Yeah. FTR, you got the touch. The problem with FTR is they just don't need a theme change at all. It's so good. Yeah. But that would be good for them. Uh, second half of the question, is there space for Gresham? Or has they, has they reached a saturation point? Definitely. Yeah, easy yes for me. Yeah. Uh, I can't confess to have actually ever seen a Jonathan Gresham match, but Blake goes on I the I think you would like him, Zoot. As a technical wrestler, so... I would like to see it as as the same was was with Moriarty sort of showed up and I was like, oh damn, give me like let's get a as many of these guys as we can and sort of have a little mini division. Gresham really is low. short jacked technical guy. Love it. I think you I think you'd get it. Uh, James Gleason, what are your some of your favorite wrestling stage designs? Armageddon two thousand is a good one. I always like the Wrestle Kingdom stages. Wrestle yeah. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um. I loved the fist, the old SmackDown fist. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, no, I, that's listen. When you think of SmackDown, I might still think of that stage as like the stage they use for all. I yeah, know. that's um, that's a really good one. I think it was the Royal Rumble or Madison Square Garden, the the old the, the old Madison Square Garden one where the where the oh, yeah. uh, aisle is like really low in the sort of in the middle, and it's yeah. It, 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 I love that visual. That's a great um, one. Bash the Beach are cool. The Halloween yeah. Havocs I thought were really neat. Yeah, the 91 Halloween Havoc one with uh, the, the nasties and the Steiners on it, where it has like the very shoddy cardboardy Halloween setup on the ramp. I actually love that one. Uh, the early in your houses where it's like they, you come out of the front door. I don't know if I like those ones as much. <laughs> I like the creativity. I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I like that they're trying, but some, I, I, they feel a little cheap sometimes. Maybe. I, I used to really enjoy when WCW would do the beach, when they would do their beach break and they would the pool, the ringside pool. Do you remember when AW's first beach break had like lifeguards in bikinis and people were not happy with that? Hilarious. Uh, Dennis Dirty Work. Would AEW still have the high rate of appeal to you if the wrestling was still good, but the stories and promo were trash? Uh, no, it would not. I mean, I, I feel like this is maybe the, the core sensibility of how I enjoy wrestling. Um, I like the wrestling. I like how we solve the problem. But I like building the problem and I like stakes and I like feeling like there's a problem to be solved and a difference to be settled. And this town ain't big enough for the two of us. Like you, you, you need if you, you can promo through a bad story, but you can't get a good story across through bad promos. So I would go promos, number one, story, number two, and wrestling third. Like a great wrestling match is the final part to a great feud. Yeah, a great match in a vacuum is everywhere. It doesn't mean anything to me. There's. You could tune into any indie now, and the main event is going to be a, a great, classically performed match. But I, I need the rooting interest. So no, if AEW's stories and booking fell off, but the wrestling stayed the same, my interest in it would, would fall uh, accordingly as the, the promise of the story did. I think Hangman Page is the best example of this. Is sort of like, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's not the development of his wrestling that had got people on board. It's the, his ability to tell a story and his ability, his ability to... to cap those stories off with promos and 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 then as you said the final product is he also raises himself to the wrestling level that's that sort of completes the puzzle being versus like starting there and hoping you can pick up the other two million percent it was not about one match you're damn right Andrew. that's it that's that's the mailbag wow next one, next one takes us back to the first right am i wrong moxie's on a pilgrimage yeah steve yeah no. i think 
Oh no, hang on. There's a question from No Salary Retained I have written down. Yeah, Thomas send you that? has a question. If you were able to oh. improve one characteristic of a wrestler in ring promos, plot, gear, who and what would it be? Uh, I would take Red Dragon and make them a foot and a half taller and on steroids, and they'd be my favorite tag team of all time. <laughs> uh, I think right now, I, for me, I would, I would really need, to, I really want to see uh, a, a direction for Andrade. I think that's if, if everything else packaged and ready to go. Let's just let's just get this in a in a logical place um get him some some motivations to be just a great wrestler and, and to put together to put together um achieve some destiny by by being the the top of another company love that uh good friend jake would improve brian cage's promos obi-wan kabashi would improve cesaro's promos i like those answers yeah the problem with if you made cesaro a great promo is that he'd be the greatest wrestler of all time and it'd be undeniable so you know, that- <laughs> You, you want to be able to have the discussion, right? It's like, oh, right. he's the greatest wrestler ever. Oh, is it Austin? Is it? It's nice to have that discussion. And if Cesaro got a promo, that discussion's over. No argument here. That's the mailbag. That was fun to do, Zoops. Great times. Are we uh, are we out of here? Are we post-showing? What's the deal? I think uh, I'm going to scoot out. I'm going to watch uh, Canada soccer here. As, as am I. We're out of here in time for the soccer game. Thank you all of us for joining us. I hope you had a wonderful Sunday. We'll be doing this again next month. Uh, tune in tomorrow morning where Paul Sebastian, our very own Paul, is going to be hosting Wrestling Brain First Contact, our Monday morning show here on the Wrestling Brain Network. I think it goes live. Uh, Paul, you're in the chat, right? I think it goes uh, live at uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 in the East. I think that's right. But tune in there. You know, we all have a little time theft at work. So go ahead and uh, give Paul some of yours. Excellent. Uh, give the Zoobs a follow over on Twitter at the underscore Zoobs. If you're listening to this on the podcast feed, please follow on Spotify. Like it on Apple. And besides that, Zeus, I think there's only thing, one left thing to about you. How much is it going to be really got to the end of that sentence? One thing left to say. <laughs> Love and energy.